Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us here at the Zoe Church Podcast. I'm excited. We are in part four of a series we've been in out of the book of Daniel. It's really called Set Apart. That's what we're studying. We're trying to live our life set apart for the glory of God. And so we're going to be jumping in. It's part four, but we're in chapter six today. I want to thank every person that gives. Thank you for getting on our website or texting Zoe to 77977 to give to our church and help us get the message of Jesus out around the world. Without any further ado, let's jump into this week's message. All right, turn in your Bible to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. We're going to jump into part four of a series that we've been in studying the book of Daniel. And I'm really excited because as we study this book together, one of the realities that I want to make sure you understand this book is about is that there's a theme in the book of Daniel about being set apart. And I always think this is encouraging for us to know that you're not normal. And a few people in the audience are like, I know. Like, what do you mean? Like, I know I'm not normal. Who, who is? But not normal in the sense that God's chosen you to be set apart unto the Lord. You're, in other words, you're a chosen vessel. You're not ordinary. You're not just like everybody else. God has chosen you for a specific purpose in and through your life. And this is encouraging because God says it this way. I'm a holy God. I want you to be a holy person. Holy, the word holy means to be set apart. So there's a lot of gods. There's a lot of gods in the world. But there's no God like our God. He, our God is set apart. He's high above. And God says, because I'm set apart, I want you to live a life that's set apart. So it might be fine for everybody else to do this, that, and the other, but not for my chosen kids. Because your mind, you're set apart. The other thing that I really love out of this book is we can see right away that there's a lot of moments that require hope. And so one of the themes in the book of Daniel is hope that results in faithfulness. Having such a hope in God that no matter what my current reality is, I'm going to choose to remain faithful to God. So I could be in the hospital. I could get a call. I could, you know, have the worst scenario. I could get ridiculed and persecuted. I could even get bullied for my faith. But I'm going to remain hopeful in God. And my hopefulness is going to result in faithfulness. Just let me remind you about who God is. God always says, get your hopes up. The world's like, don't get your hopes up. God's like, get them up and put them all in me. Because I will never disappoint that's why the Bible says it this way, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But God would never sicken your heart because you'll never have hope deferred when it comes to God. God is a promise giver and a promise keeper. So I can put all my hope and all my trust in this God. So these two themes are running throughout the book of Daniel. Today, I want to go to an old story. If you're new to church, this is, this is one of the best stories we got in all the Bible. You're going to love this story if you don't know much about God. And uh, it's a story about Daniel in the lion's den. If you grew up in church, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 I know that one. But after the last service, after the 10 o'clock, somebody called me and was like, yo, was that story for real? It's a true story. Like, I just need to know, did that really happen? And I go, for real, for real. So this is real stuff. We're going to unpack here in Daniel 6. And I just wanted to let you know that 
even though you might get thrown into what is like lion's den circumstances, God is going to be faithful. God will remain true to his word. In fact, God says, I'm not a man that I would lie. See, maybe somebody's lied to you before, but not God. God even says, I'm not a man that I would change my mind. I, the Lord your God, I do not change. So God's going to remain faithful. The question is not God's faithfulness. The question is our faithfulness. That no matter what we go through, are we going to remain faithful to God? Look at the way Jesus says it in Luke chapter 21. He says, you'll even be turned on by parents. My, my parents were in the last service, so I looked at my mom and dad, and I was like, really, guys? You guys are going to turn on me? You'll be turned on by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. Some of you will be killed. There's no telling who will hate you. Because of me. Now you need to know this. Jesus said, guys, they hate me. They're going to hate you. So being a Christian is not being loved. Being a Christian, it might come with some persecution or some ridicule or some laughter. But because they hated Jesus, surely you and I potentially could be hated. And, and, And if you're wondering, why do people hate Christians? Why do people hate God? Well, Jesus said it this way in John 3. He said, here's the problem. The light of the world has come into the world, but men, because of their evil deeds, have chosen darkness. So in other words, the world hates the light because it exposes their darkness. Because they hate me, they're going to hate you. Even so, every detail of your body and soul, even the hairs of your head, is in my care. Nothing of you will be lost. Staying with it, that's what is required. Stay with it to the end. You won't be sorry. You will be saved. I want to preach a message today. Write down the title. It's called Faith for the Lion's Roar. That no matter how dark it gets or how loud it gets or how confusing it gets, I want you to remain faithful to God even in the midst of the lion's roar. I love Daniel 6 because, you know, the last time we talked, we were in Daniel 4 with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his homies. I call them the three amigos. But, but now we're back to Daniel as the main character. And there's actually a new king now, a different king. We did have in the first few chapters King Nebuchadnezzar. Now we're with a different king. And this king sees Daniel. I'm going to give you some things that you'll see in Daniel, which Daniel's just a foreshadow. He is a typecast of a greater man to come whose name is Jesus. So we see these in Daniel, but really we're saying we can see these in Jesus. And so as we look here in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, watch the first thing that jumps out to us in this chapter. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and above the satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. The king looked at Daniel and he was like, oh, wow, this guy, Daniel, has an excellent spirit. Write down number one today. I want to encourage you with this. You need to develop excellent standards. You need to develop, by the way, excellence is not trying to be perfect, but excellence is walking in the spirit of Jesus because the spirit of Jesus is the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of wisdom produces the spirit of excellence. And by the way, excellence is not having a clean car or a clean house or having good hygiene or an outfit. No, no, no. Excellence is a spirit. It's a, the king recognized, he said, wow, this Daniel, it's not that he's wearing some suit from Zara. 
ball out. He said, I can, t- I can sense from his spirit. So you need to recognize for your life. You, you know that old saying, real recognize real? Spirit recognizes spirit. So have you ever been with somebody and you're like, ah, I don't know, something's off. Or man, they, they really feel down. They, there's something in my spirit is alerted or alarmed about their spirit. Or have you ever been around somebody, you're like, dude, I don't know who this is, but there's something great about them. There's something pure about them. There's something holy about them. There's something right about them. The king looked at Daniel and said, there is an excellent spirit that is on them. Excellent speaks. And I want to encourage you as we walk through L.A. and whatever town you live in, whatever world you're in, let's represent Jesus with excellence. Let's, let's shine bright in a dark world. Let's, let's not get by off gifting or talent. Let's have a spirit of excellence. The king looked and said, we got to put this guy over the whole realm because I can sense he's got an excellent spirit. Wasn't outfit. Wasn't fashion. Wasn't trying to strut. It was spirit to spirit. Because excellence speaks. You know, let me just remind you that a lack of excellence will also speak. Laziness speaks. Being, being unorganized speaks to people. And, and I, I love this. We find this in the book of Proverbs. And watch what the writer of the book of Proverbs says here. Look in Proverbs 24. He went on a field trip. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. And its stone wall was broken down. And when I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and I received instruction. In other words, this guy walked by and said, I see laziness. I see lack of responsibility. I see poor stewardship. I see things not in order. And it's telling me, don't be that guy. Don't be a fool. Don't be lazy. Don't be unorganized. I'd rather be like Daniel than the lazy man, anybody else. So the first thing we see is that he had an excellent spirit. And the second thing that we see is we see that Daniel had great character. So watch what it says here. Daniel in in, in chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Here's the second thing Daniel had that you and I need. We need trustworthy character. Anybody, you have somebody in your life you can trust. Oh, there's nothing better than telling somebody something that's going on and you know it's not going to get passed on to three other people. By the way, if somebody ever tells you, I haven't told anybody else this, that means they've told three other people this. (laughs) Who am I preaching to? Trustworthy character. Because I think character counts. So, so, So we see that the king looks at Daniel and sees an excellent spirit is in him. And because of who he is, he's like, we got to promote this guy. So we're going to put him over the governors and over the satraps and over the entire region. Well, this reminds me of that saying, new levels, new devils. When you get promoted, not everybody's clapping. 
So some haters are lurking, lurking in the corners, and they're like, dang, Daniel got promoted. He's a kid from, he's a Hebrew. He's an Israelite. He's not even from Babylon. Why did he get promoted and we didn't get promoted? He's like, you know what? We got to set him up. We, 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 we got we to gotta, we gotta take him down. So they start doing like uh, an Instagram stalk. You ever see a girl do an Instagram stalk? Don't point at her in the service now. So one girl's like, <laughs> but you, you ever, you ever, you, you ever try and find dirt on somebody? What did they do? Who do they know? What that, they're trying to find? What do we got on Daniel? What accusation can we bring? What dirt can we bring up? I want to encourage you today to make your character count. We're not perfect, but we want to live for God. We don't want to have all this hypocrisy. All these double standards, all this right living mixed with wrong living. I got half of my life right and half of my life wrong. No, the Bible says that the enemy of your life, he is the accuser of the brethren. So all he does all day long is try and accuse you in front of the throne of grace. God, why would you bless this person? Look at what they said. Look at what they've done. Look at what they look look at what they participate in. I really think for your world, for where God's taking you, don't give the enemy ammunition. Don't give the enemy a bunch of ammunition to be like, look at what you are. Look at what, now none of us are perfect. The only perfect one among us is a man named Jesus. But to the best of our ability, we want to have godly character. We want to have trustworthy character. We want to have character in such a way. By the way, character is who you are when no one's watching. Character is not who you are at church. People at church be like, go home, they the devil. Some people felt the conviction of the ghost when I said it. No, we want to have trustworthy character. These guys said, come on, we're going to get Daniel. Let's find an accusation. Let's find who, who, who did he used to, he used to date. Has he ever been to Vegas? Well, let's just find out. Let's, let's just find something about Daniel. He just, he's the one. And they could not come up with anything on his name. You know, your character is a witness of your faithfulness to God. Your character doing the right thing even when it's hard. Can I remind you, it's always the right time to do the right thing. It's always the right time to do the right thing. And character counts. Make it count. Daniel didn't just have an excellent spirit. He had a great character that allowed God to use his life. And I love that about Daniel. We're inspired. But I'll tell you, the perfect one among us is a man named Jesus. Watch the character that is found in Jesus in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus was tempted in every way that you are tempted, and yet he had perfect character. Jesus faced what you faced, and yet he said no to the wrong thing every single time. We just had great lunch. Uh, Julie and I had a great lunch with the people that do these commercials. Have you seen these commercials? He gets us. And they're amazing commercials just trying to show you that Jesus walked this earth and went through things that you went through. One of the things that they're highlighting is for anybody that was a teenage mom, Jesus was born to a teenage mother. He gets us. Another one, if there's any refugees in our church, Jesus himself was a refugee. So he's talking about how he gets us. But one of the things that 
We can take solace in is that Jesus was tempted in every way, but he chose character over convenience. He chose to have faith in God rather than the passing pleasures of sin. Because that's what sin is, by the way. It's just passing pleasure. It's for a moment. It's for a moment it feels good, but it doesn't last. I want to encourage you to have character. Make your character count. And, and, and when the time comes, people will trust you. When God sees that you want to do your best. Now, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. Friday night, I had to preach in Delaware. That was tough. I was in Delaware. Hi, I'm in Delaware. Like, that was a thing. Like I was in, on Friday, I was in Delaware for God. It was the whole thing, okay? So, so I'm a suffering servant for the Lord. So on Friday, I was in Delaware. Where were you Friday? I was in Delaware. Anyways, so Saturday morning, I had to fly out of Philadelphia. On Saturday morning, I got up, yesterday morning, really. And so I got up, you know, the coffee wasn't working yet. didn't really hit me yet. East Coast, West Coast time. And I got to the airport, and I go through TSA. Have you gone through TSA recently? So I was in TSA, and I was just trying my best to represent the glory of God. I failed miserably, but I was trying my best. And the lady started barking at me, so I maybe just started barking at her, and just, it was a thing. I don't have perfect character, how about you? But to the best of our ability, we want to try to not live for convenience or what's comfortable. We want to choose the right thing and live at the standard of God's word. This is what's in Daniel, is excellence and character. So these haters are like, we got to get Daniel. we got to find a way to take him out. They can't find anything. So they're like, oh, we got it, we got it, we got it, we got it. And they come together. And they're like, come on, haters on three. One, two, three, haters. <laughs> this, we got it. Let's bamboozle the king and get him to sign a decree that anybody that, when the trumpet sounds, does not bow down and worship our king, they must be thrown into the, to the lion's den. We got him, we got him. He'll never do this, this Daniel. He'll never do this. Come on. They come and they kind of nuzzle up to the king like, King, how you been? Dang. Did you lose weight, king? (laughs) You on a Daniel fast, yo. Like they're just loving the king. They're just snuggling up onto the king. They're like, king, you you know there's no king like you, bro. You the man. You the king. And they're just like, there's up in the king. And so they get the king to sign the decree. They sign it. And they go, we got him. We got him. So, so, so then they, they, they kind of stage out and try and watch for Daniel to see once this, this decree had been sent out, if Daniel will still worship God. And, and watch what it says, Daniel chapter 6. Look, look at what Daniel says. It says in verse 10, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, He knelt down on his knees three times that day and he prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. Write down number three today. You need to develop some holy habits. Daniel said, I don't care what any governor or any official or what any politician signs. It's not moving my faith. I've already made up a decision. Come hell or high water, I'm going to pray three times a day because that's what I've been doing my whole life. Is there anybody here today that would say no matter what the culture says, I'm making a decision to serve my God. I just love this. Daniel says, listen, you, you, you can do whatever you want to do, king. No disrespect, but open up the windows. Let, him, let everybody see. As he faces Jerusalem three times, he knelt down and he prayed and he gave thanks to God as was his custom since early days. Let me translate that for you. These were his holy habits. Do you have holy habits? 
Do you have God habits? Do you have a habit of listening to worship music? You have a habit of praying in the morning or before you go to bed? Church is a part of a holy habit. On payday, I have this holy habit. I give my tithe to the Lord. It's my holy habit. As was his custom, as was his habit since early days. You know when the going gets tough, keep your, keep your habits strong. I read a book recently called The Atomic Habits by a guy named James Clear. And James Clear says, none of us, we rise to the level of our goals. We all fall to the level of our, our habits. You are your habits. And I want to encourage you, make some Jesus habits. Make some holy habits. I have a habit that when, I'm, when I am betrayed, when I am abandoned, when I face criticism, I forgive. I have a habit that, you know, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm in a bad mood, I turn on worship music because I need the ghost to help me. I have a habit that when I'm hungry, I eat. Otherwise, the devil will come out to play. <laughs> Create some holy habits. Where, what are yours? If you don't have any, maybe this is the year to develop them. Maybe this is the year to say, God, I'm gonna, uh, every Monday I'm going to do this, and every Tuesday I, I'm going to do this, and this, is, this will be my this will be my, I had a habit when I was in college. Every Tuesday I would go to a Starbucks and I would listen to a message from a guy that I was learning how to preach from. And he was not near me. He didn't live in the same state. But it was just my holy habit that on Tuesdays I'd grab my lunch and I'd open up my laptop and I'd watch his Sunday message from Sunday. And it just became a holy habit that I received that message every single week. What are your habits? Because Daniel had them. And he said, doesn't matter what they sign. Doesn't matter what they do. Doesn't matter. That, that, does, it, does it change? Just because you don't want to do this doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing this. And so they, they, they signed the decree and they sound the alarm. And, and the haters know they got them. And so they camp out and they look and there's Daniel. I wonder if Daniel had a little attitude just, just the way I see the Bible. I wonder if Daniel was like, Take my photo. I wonder if he was kneeling, but just so that, you know, like out of the lattice, that he was just kneeling like this. like, And they, they're like, like some paparazzi. They get him. They run up to the king and they go, king. Hey, remember the guy you elevated? Mr. Promotion? Teacher's pet, Daniel? Yeah. What do you got to say now, King. How about your boy that you promoted over us? What do you think? By the way, this is the spirit of jealousy. The spirit of jealousy actually is not mad at man. It's mad at God. Because jealousy says it's not you that I'm mad at. It's God that's cheap, cheap shotted me. It's God that's shortchanged me. God is not good to me. But I want to tell you, gratitude said, God, you've been better than I ever imagined and greater than I ever deserved. I'm not filled with jealousy today. I'm filled with gratitude today. So they, the, the jealous ones come to the king, and they're like, king, how about your boy? Look at your boy Daniel. He didn't, he didn't bow down to worship you. He's still worshiping his God. And it's in this moment that the king realizes, oh, you little suckers, you got me. 
You got me. I want to just give you a warning this year. Be careful to discern what's really behind people's agenda in your life. Be careful to really discern what people are really trying to get from you. This guy had no discernment. He just let his ego get stroked. He let his head get big. He got all full of himself. He's like, yeah, I am the king. I am the guy. Maybe I should sign it. And all of a sudden, he lived in a world of regret. Don't regret decisions that you make out of the spirit of pride that wants the ego to get larger than it really is. This guy was so, the king's like, no, you got me. And all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, we did, son. And so they, 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 they get a picture, and they get Daniel thrown in the lion's den. And so they throw Daniel, the sweet Daniel Hebrew boy that loves God, they throw him into a den with lions and shut the mouth of the roof of the den. And all of a sudden, the king understands what he's done. And he falls under such great conviction. Look at what he says in verse 14 and 18. Two verses. Worship team, come join me. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him and labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Verse 18, now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting and no musicians were brought before him and also his sleep went from him. Write down number four today. No one is off limits from God's love and conviction. I love this. Verse 14 and verse 18 are the king coming under the spirit of conviction. What have I done? What have I done? What have I done? He's pacing. He's like, no, no, no music tonight. No entertainment tonight. No, no food. I can't, I can't. Uh, have you ever sinned and fallen under conviction? Have you ever messed things up and felt so bad? Have you ever taken a shower because you feel so dirty, but the shower won't make you feel clean? There is no one off limits from the love and the conviction of our God. There's no one that's off limits. There's no one that's off limits. Not your, not your friend that you think will never come to church. Not your person that you think, man, they're never going to get saved. Not your cousin. Not your co-worker. There's no one that is off limits from the grace and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because every person is a child of God. God has planted eternity in the heart of all men. And God loves his children, so he pursues them. And sometimes God uses love and kindness that leads people to repentance. Other times people fall under conviction. And in this case, God chose conviction. And as they shut the mouth of the lion's den, the king who signed the decree went home and just prayed all night. Oh, oh my gosh, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? I can't believe this has transpired. I can't believe what I've done. And how could I? And I'm just encouraged today, you know because they called Jesus the friend of sinners. They called him a wine-bibber and a glutton and a drunkard because he hung out with people that nobody thought had a shot at grace. And I want to let you know and remind you there is nobody in your world, including you, that is off limits from the grace and the love of God that sometimes got to show up in the most unusual hearts. There's no one that you have written off that God has also written off. There's no one that you said, oh, they'll never get right with God. That God's like, yeah, me too. And here we see the king being moved. In fact, the king, by the time the sun comes up, he runs to the, to the lion's den. And he opens up the lid. 
and he shouts down, Daniel, are you there? Daniel's like, yeah, made it. King's like, really? This is great. I love you. Daniel's like, ah, you threw me in here. Love you too. He calls his attendants. He's like, pull him out, pull him out, pull him out, pull him out. He gives him a hug. He's like, oh, this is so great. By the way, this is one of my favorite parts of the story is that as soon as Daniel gets out, the people that bamboozled him, he throws them and their families into the lion's den. And those lions got hungry by that time and they devoured the haters. So the trans, I translate that. Let God deal with your haters. You don't got to get vengeance. You don't got to pay back. You don't got to deal with stuff. Let God sort all that stuff. And I am not saying that your haters are going to get eaten by lions. Some people amen too, too loud. They were like. Love this God stuff. Love in church today. What was church about? All my haters are going to die. That was a word in season. Let's chill out. Chill out. He hugs Daniel. He's like, oh, God. Oh, God. Three days ago, I signed this thing. I was so foolish. You ever feel that way? Like, three days ago, I was the biggest idiot, but now I've got my stuff together. He's like, I was so dumb. And I was so, and it just, he signs this new decree. He's a new one. There's a new, come on, there's a new day coming for you this year. There's a new declaration coming to you this year. There's, come on, clap like you believe it today. Clap like you're saying, I'm I'm about to make a decision this year. I'm about to draw a line in the sand, and I'm about to decide who God I will serve. He signs a new decree. He's like, I got a new decree. Stand to your feet. Watch, let's read this together. He says, let me just tell you what's about to happen. To all the peoples and the nations and the language that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a new decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which will not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and he he works signs and wonders in heaven and earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? You know what Daniel wasn't doing? Daniel wasn't opening up his windows what I know what's going to happen these haters are going to hate but I'm going to keep praying and if I pray I can win my whole nation to the Lord he never thought that in a million years by the way for where God is taking you you'll never be there in your dreams God is going to do greater things and bigger things and better things than you could ever ask think or imagine somebody get some faith right now that the things that you've thought about come on the Bible says no eye has seen no ear has heard no mind can imagine the things that God has in store for them of those who love him and are called according to his purpose Daniel didn't dream this up In fact, if you're taking notes, even while you're standing, write this down. Faithfulness equals fruitfulness. I only got one job in my life. Be faithful. I'm going to be faithful to my God. I'm going to be faithful to my family. 
I'm going to be faithful to my spouse. I'm going to be faithful to Pastor Zoe Church. I'm going to be faithful to the city of Los Angeles. All I can promise is attitude and input. I can't promise results. Only God can do that. That's why Paul, the apostle, he writes in the scriptures, I'm a nobody. I planted seeds. Apollos watered some seeds. But God gives the increase. Can I encourage you? You can't grow your business, but God can. You can't grow your career, but God can grow your career. You can't, you don't control the outcome. All you can control is your faithfulness. Faithfulness, 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 faithfulness. It will turn into fruitfulness. I know everybody wants fruit, but if you want fruit, look at the root. Because it's all about making a decision. I want an excellent spirit. I want trustworthy character. I want holy habits. I want to make choices that no matter what culture says, I choose God. I'm making a decision right now. I'm going to choose God. I'm set apart. I'm not like everybody else. I've been set apart, a vessel useful for the master. Come on, if that's your prayer, let's pray today. Jesus, we thank you that right now.